Good morning to you. Ten minutes after 9 a.m. on a Tuesday, 21st day of May. And uh, we've got some uh, great guests in today on the Andy Griffin Show. It is uh, County Commissioner Victor Iverson. Vic, how are you? Let's get the right button, please. That's my bad. Good training. Am I on now? You good, are on. Good morning. Good morning to all your listeners. It's great to be here. And uh, also joining us is a county auditor slash clerk. What clerk auditor. Clerk, clerk auditor. It's, uh, there is a slash or something in there. Kim Hafen. Kim, uh, thanks for coming. Get a little closer to the microphone for us, Kim. I'm trying to stay as far away from you as I can, actually. <laughs> Kim is actually a neighbor of mine, so it's not a first time meeting Kim. Actually, we've met each other about uh, uh, six years. Well, a lot. Yeah, a lot of well, times. Well, he does a great job for our county, and we, we call him our clerk auditor, and we have a lot of other noble um, you know, titles that we give him, but he's a humble guy, so <laughs> we'll just stick with clerk auditor as he rolls his eyes. <laughs> yeah, anybody that knows Kim knows he has a, 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 a wry sense of humor, and we enjoy it, Kim. Yeah, thanks. We, we do enjoy it. We really do. <laughs> and I, I want to thank him for be- coming on. I mean, it's it's great. And one of the things is we kick off, and we're going to talk a little bit about what the clerk auditor's office does and some of the things they have going right now. But, but Andy, as, as your listeners, I think a lot of your listeners know, but just to kind of remind them, you know, county government isn't just us three county commissioners. Uh, obviously, we're the legislative right. body and the executive for – for the for county government, we also have six other elected officials okay. that, that are elected, and and Kim, of course, is is our is our clerk auditor. He audits the books of the county. He administers the budget. He he does elections. I'm going to let him talk a little bit about his office. Uh, along with that, we have our our county treasurer, David Whitehead, who who does all of the collections and accounts for the county. We have uh, Russ Shirts, who does recording. Everybody has property, you know, and they want they want their deeds and descriptions to be done correctly. It's a big and job. Huh? It's a big job and it's yeah. a very important job. Uh, Tom Durand is our is our county assessor and and he is committed to fairness and assessing everybody's property in in a fair way. Of course, we have um as well, we have our county attorney Brock Belknap who who along with giving legal counsel to the county also is a state prosecutor and, and involved in wow. in you know the courts for us and does a fantastic job uh, along with um also our sheriff uh, who runs the jail and probably the biggest portion of of uh of county government but that's just kind of to remind everybody that it's not just us three county commissioners and when I can I'm going to drag the other uh, six elected officials in and and have them uh, talk a little bit about what they do and and how they they interact with with the taxpayers and do a great job here in Washington County. So. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, I know that uh, it can be because of the schedule we keep with once a month, and it's like yeah. the third Tuesday or four, whatever it is that, that it sometimes can be hard to remember. But I appreciate you coming in here, and it's great to have uh, our guests along with us today with uh, with uh, Kim Hafe and uh, Kim. Everybody thinks about your office and they think about elections. I mean, that's the first thing that comes. Out. Oh, yeah, Kim's the guy that counts all the votes. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what else you do? Well, I think elections is the most visible thing that we do, obviously. It involves everybody in the county right. who's, who's elected. Typically, we have a year off in the odd-numbered years for municipal elections, but we contract with most of the cities as well to help with their elections. We, oh, have, okay. the, we have the information and the systems to, to help with that. So we, the off years aren't quite as off as they used, as they to, used be. to be. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, if, uh, last year we went by mail. And some people liked that, and some people didn't. We think it worked great. Turnout was awesome. Uh, we almost fear next year's election. With uh, it'll be 
I'm going to guess somewhat controversial the, mm-hmm. with the way that goes. We'll it's going to be quite going. a ride, we it, think. It, yeah. it will. So, you know, <laughs> last year we had uh, nearly 80% in, a, in an off-year election, nearly 80% turnout. So Really? And now we have 82, 83,000 registered voters, and so there's a lot of a, a lot that goes kind of into that. So that's the most visible thing that we do, but we do a lot of things. You come there for marriage licenses. You come there mm-hmm. for passports. Uh, we, we're kind of the business office of the county, with the exception of the treasurer who receipts money. We do everything else, the budgets, payroll, uh, purchasing, uh, the accounting, uh, those kind of things. So, How many people work in your office? There's 12, including me. Wow. That, that's a big job yeah, then. We do record archiving, so we keep the archives, you know, the, as things get older, we process those, put them on file, and we, so we actually have most of the county records are stored in the downstairs of our building, which used to be jail cells, so they're, they're safe there. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we moved them out to purgatory, not the records, the jail cells. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. How long have you been doing this, uh, Kim? I've been with the county for just over 10 years. Okay. What were you up to before that? Well, I've had a couple of other kind of major stops in my career. I was the chief financial officer at the Spectrum newspaper for 10 years. Okay. And I kind of started my work life at more business forums. Some people that are new around here won't know much about that, but uh, it was a manufacturing facility behind the Black Hill that opened in 1975 and was a major employer at the time. And things changed about how things were done and so it's it's closed down in the late 90s but it was a it was a great place and what years were you at the spectrum Uh, i started there in 1998 and 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 left there in 2008 okay i i left the spectrum in 96 or 7 so or or, or right in there so we just missed each other although i was a sports guy and you were you were on the business side of things so we probably wouldn't run into each other much anyway when brent lowe became the the publisher i took his seat in the accounting side so you guys traded places or something, kind of? Well, yeah, I came there, and he, he moved up and became the publisher at the Spectrum, and I took his chair. So that was <laughs> nice. It was, he, was a, he was a great uh, a great guy. I have, I think, the world of Brandt, actually. He he's now runs the, the joint operating agreement with the, with the Deseret News and Tribune. Yeah, and, and Brent is uh, one of the nicest guys you're going to want to meet. I, I really, I really enjoyed my time working yeah. with Brent as well. So uh, we uh, we do accept phone calls today if you want to talk with uh, Mr. Iverson or Mr. Hafen here uh, on the program at six seven three five eight nine zero six seven three five eight ninety. I don't know if we want to go to phone lines yet, or you got some other stuff you wanted to talk about? No, there. absolutely. If we have callers, obviously we don't want to keep them waiting. I just want to always give a shout out to how how uh, much we appreciate Kim and his office as, as uh, county commissioners and how, how, what a great relationship it is as far as the way um, the different elected officials work together in Washington County. And you said that's an elected uh, office, Kim. So, right. so every four years you have to kind of bite your nails and hope that something crazy doesn't happen? Yeah, I, I've ran three times, but I haven't had it. Nobody has ran. So Unopposed. I, yeah. But that'd be terrible to lose to nobody. It, it, it's close, I think. Typically, <laughs> I have to, if I vote for myself, I'm okay. But I don't think any maybe any others. So. One to nothing. Right yeah. there. that's all you need, right? Yeah. No, Kim's too humble because he's <laughs> he always the he's always the t- top vote getter. But then again, he kids around that it's his office that counts the, the votes. But then he's never had an opponent. That's either, a good so. point. Yeah, unopposed. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know what? I think if you did something wrong, something bad, you probably have someone oppose you, and you you would have something to worry about so you must be doing a pretty good job well i i don't know about that hopefully i got I have good people that work there that keep me out of trouble <laughs> awesome let's go to the phone lines uh caller i believe this is seth seth how are you this morning 
Hey, I'm perfect, and uh, I was hoping that maybe he was writing your paycheck, and I could recommend him at the Spectrum to double your wage, Andy. Yeah, back in the day, it would have been nice because I think I was. Yeah, I'd have done that for sure. I think it was making eight hundred bucks a month or something. It was. It was pretty bad. <laughs> It was so, pretty bad. And because nobody runs uh, against you, uh, does that mean nobody wants a job? I think that they don't know kind of what goes on there. I hope I'm doing a good job, but I don't know if people know exactly about it or, or what. I don't know the answer. Well, it must scare them away. I mean, surely there's a Democrat who'd like to have that job. Isn't there somewhere? I, you know, I don't know. There's I heard that they, that they hold their uh, conventions and stuff in a phone booth in St. George. That's, that's a possibility. There's a few more than that, but it's... Uh, <laughs> You know what? If we, if we hadn't gotten rid of all the phone booths, they could probably do that. But yeah, Superman now. took yeah. them all. Yeah. Have to be a photo booth now. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I was wondering. Now, do you guys have a uh, whole uh, warehouse full of debold uh, uh, voting machines? No, we don't. We those, part of our agreement when we got went to buy mail, th those were turned into the people that we bought the buy mail equipment from. So they went out with the uh, new equipment that came in. Okay, now, there are no voting machines now? Well, we have, not the old ones that we used prior to last year, but you can always go to a machine and vote, but now they're like a ballot marking device, so there's no information that's kept in the machines. Like, it used to be like a memory card in the voting machines, and so at the end of the election day, we gathered up all those memory cards and brought them back and counted the votes. Now, you go in, if you want to vote in person, you go in, you get a paper ballot, you put it in a new market on this marking device, and then you put it in a calendar. Now, uh, is there, uh, by the way, uh, I'm hearing and reading online that Soros uh, and these machines were in collusion and that uh, they could be adjusted and manipulated, and they are supposedly being done in certain precepts around the country. But I don't suspect that that's happening here in St. George because you're right, and in, in Utah because the results seem to reflect the population. I'm wondering if, if I fill out a paper ballot, how am I able to determine that my vote was actually counted and I have a receipt or something and an indication that my vote went to the candidates that I selected? Well, when you, when you get a ballot in the mail and return that, the first thing that we do, there's a barcode on the envelope, and we, we scan that. And at that point, you can be assured that we've received your ballot. Okay. Yeah. Now, at some point during the process, we separate the envelope from the ballot, obviously, and we, we do that so that there's kind of – it's a secret ballot. But really, you couldn't, we, you couldn't guarantee that we counted your ballot. I mean – we get, obviously, last year we got 62, 63,000 ballots, and those, mm -hmm. all, those are all kept under lock and, and key until they're processed, and then they're all processed. And so you can't go in, nor can we go in and see, you know, at the end of the day who you voted for, and that's, that's for a reason. So. Well, well, I understand that part, but for me to verify, see, here's the problem. Uh, during this, this election cycle and the Trump people and the Clinton people, um, there is no guarantee that the people who cast their votes ever got counted correctly. Well, you can be assured that we received that ballot, and we process all the ballots that we get. But as far, I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you about, well... We don't. We didn't. 
we keep track of how many ballots we receive and how many that the count is. And so, you know, we, we reconcile the fact that we have all these ballots and, and that they go through the counter. So and we, we, have, we have some ballots that get kicked out that don't get counted sure. for whatever reason. Yeah. Now, um, uh, are, are you having problems with dead people voting and illegal aliens? Uh, no. We, we, uh, e- you mean like E.T. or do you mean like somebody that's come across the border? <laughs> no, uh, I've not seen an ET up personally. If you find one, I'd like to talk to them. Well, there's a process that people go through to register to vote. They have to have certain documents. They have to have to be, you know, citizens and all that kind of stuff. You have to have certain documents. And once they're registered to vote, then they they can get a ballot. Okay, so so there there's not the, in the big cities where people are voting two and three times. Can you tell me how they do that? I, I can't because, like I say, on our, our by-mail ballots, once we send you a ballot and you send that back and we scan that, if there was an attempt to, a, a, like, a du- like let's say you got your ballot in the mail and you decide, well, I, can, I think I can duplicate this. I think I'll just go ahead and uh, duplicate this and send in two. You could probably maybe do that, but once we count one ballot, we won't count another one. From you. Well, okay, from you. okay. I, I don't know why the rest of the uh, entire United States is so primitive compared to Washington County, where we're just the elite. Huh? Well, I don't know. I think we, I think we do a good job with with the elections. I say it's the most visible thing that we do, but we're very cautious and we're very conscientious about people's right to vote. Seth, uh, and I'll let Kim weigh in on this, but I think one of the things that Utah does right as well is that in in working with with the lieutenant governor's office and basically the the voter rolls um, are important. I think my understanding is other states are not near as uh, collaborative and organized as, as Utah is in in those voter rolls and trying to make sure that they're done right. Um, in Kim's office, uh, he has uh, Melanie Applin app who is who is constantly throughout not just the election season. That's kind of the game time, but the rest of the time uh, reviewing and and updating and. And making sure that the the voter rolls are correct, it's so critical to our democratic process to make sure that that the people can vote, but also that that the vote is the vote count is done properly. You, you know, when we get ballots back, they require a signature on the envelope, and we have a we have some facsimile of everyone's signature that's a registered voter in the in the database, and so we compare every signature on every ballot that comes back to. To, to see, does this look like Victor Iverson's signature or is this like uh, somebody that's taken a ballot from him? And if those don't match, we contact the voter and say, you know, you've sent your ballot in, we've received it, but we are not going to count that until you come in and sign something else that we can compare that signature to. Hmm. Well, that's incredible. That's what they tell me at the bank, but I find out the signature card is a contract and that it doesn't necessarily use to verify my signature because on credit cards I usually put an X or a smiley face. <laughs> we get a lot of things on ballots as well, and I won't talk about all of them on the air, but uh, we get a few <laughs> things back on ballots as well. But even when people are trying to be funny with that, we won't count the ballot until we get a signature that matches what we have on the record, whether it's from the DMV or from some other when you register to vote or whatever. So we compare every signature to every ballot. 
Good for you. I, I like well, that. Well, I, I, I appreciate your due diligence, and uh, I just would hope that the rest of the country is as conscientious about keeping the rolls clean and making sure that people who are not eligible to vote do not cast votes and tip the election. But I must say that you made a huge error in making uh, 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 our junior senator uh, elected because he's not been very good for Utah as far as I can tell. Well, I, I won't comment on that, actually. Uh, well, <laughs> well, probably not. I, you know, <laughs> you have to count them the way they come in. But uh, yeah. I think a lot of people in Utah were bamboozled by a carpetbagger. That's yeah. just my personal opinion, though. All right. I, I would like to add, add one thing what Commissioner Iverson said about our relationship with the lieutenant governor's office. I think that uh, not just with that office, but we have the same relationship with the state tax commissions. A lot of people think there's kind of a conspiracy with government. They're always trying to out to get everybody or whatever, and people can have their own opinions about that. But we have great, a great relationship with Lieutenant Governor's office. He's the chief election officer in Utah. He has great people. If we have a request software-wise or whatever, we call them, and it's like they're right on whatever we need to, to, to make our jobs better. And it's the same way really with the state tax commissioners. We work on tax rates and different things. They're just they're just very helpful, and we have a great working relationship with them. All right, sir. Well, thank you. Thank you for calling, Seth. Good to talk to you. You bet. Bye bye. Got to meet Seth finally over the uh, over the weekend at the farmers market. Oh, fantastic! He hooked me up with some duck eggs too. So. Yeah, I don't know if right. you guys have ever had a duck egg omelet. Good stuff. Well, no. I, I yeah, I grew up on a farm, and we used to have geese and and whatnot. Oh, okay. And, I can't remember ducks, but a goose egg, you could make an omelet with one with egg. With one egg, yeah. yeah. I I was somewhere, was I, the other day, and they had turkey eggs yes. on sale. Now, yeah. I can't even fathom that. I've never heard of anybody eating turkey eggs. Are they just like duck eggs? Have you had them, Vic? Or? Now, we, I, I would bet Kim worked at the turkey farm once yeah. or twice in his life. Yeah. I used to work at the turkey farm when it was here. And so we'd have eggs that would come home sometimes. And they have kind of a membrane that you have to have a sharp knife to get it's oh. not just cracking the shells. So. Turkeys mm. used to be a big business in Washington yeah, County. They really did. Yeah, people forget about that. That's actually the turkey's a big, big part of the history here of Washington yeah. County. Had a, had a hatchery out on about 900 East, I think. Yeah, and yeah. for years, even after the hatchery, they would uh, they would make the egg, or you know they had basically an egg farm that they would send to their hatcheries. So hmm. Moroni Feed uh, ran when I was around. Moroni Feed was running it. And so, yeah, back in back in the day, good t- good times working yeah. on the turkey farm. I don't know how old Vic is, but he looks really young. He's, yeah. he's kind of got he's the, the Dick Clark thing going. I don't know how old you are. You might be ninety. You might be thirty. I have no idea, but you look young. Well, I've, I've told the story many times, and I'll say it one more time. I, I used to. This is the Andy Griffith Show theme. I'm Andy Griffin. It's really close. And I used to hate getting teased about Andy Griffith when I was a kid. You know, I mean, you know, a little kid. Everybody's making fun of your name, but as I've grown older, I realized Andy Griffith was a pretty darn good guy. I've embraced that I have a similar name to him, including the theme song. So. Exactly. That's anyway, I, I'm with Vic Iverson, the county commissioner, and Kim Hafen, the county auditor uh, slash clerk. Clerk slash which which one do you say? Clerk for? auditor. Clerk is how auditor. We, how okay. we said, and <laughs> you know that's a combined county position. Is uh, okay. In some counties, they still do have an auditor and a clerk. But um, Kim is so multi-talented that it's yeah. it's just really easy to, yeah. to put those two together, and it works really well in our county. Um, one of the things that uh, Kim is involved in right now is, uh, 
after so many years, real property, property, you know, real estate, if it if the property tax haven't been paid, it, it goes up for auction, of course. And so okay. Kim does a really good job at, at uh, working and trying to make sure that those pieces really mostly are abandoned, abandoned property. But one of the reasons that I'd like to remind everybody um, kind of the county's role, nobody, nobody really likes taxation or especially right. property tax. Or is that bad word, tax? But, yeah. but the county has an important role. Very little of it it actually comes to the county. Most of it goes to your school district and your cities and mm-hmm. to others. But we're the, we have the role of, of assessing at the assessor's office, making sure that uh, your property is, is uh, assessed right. And then, of course, uh, you come into the treasurer's office, and that's where you pay. And um, if, if, it, if you don't pay after five or so years, then Kim has to deal with that, and that's what he's dealing with right now. But one of the things that people need to do is when you get a piece of mail from the treasurer's office and assessor's office, open that up and open take it. a look at it. Don't look ignore it. it. Don't ignore it because really it's important that you make sure that everything's correct. And one of the things that sometimes happens is if people's um, home is not listed as, as a primary residence. So, for example, if, if you're living at your house, it's a substantial tax discount. And uh, if you're a resident of Washington County, and even if the home is being rented, it, it qualifies as primary. So, um, but it, it takes you filling out a form. It takes you uh, making sure that that you contact the assessor's office. And we did have a situation, and we're not going to really go into detail on it, but where all of a sudden we discovered that somebody who was uh, delinquent in their taxes for years had not had it listed as a as it had been listed as non-primary, and it was probably because. Somebody wasn't opening the mail and taking a look at it. So there are mm. deadlines, and it is important. And so we just kind of want to encourage everybody. Um, when you receive those communications, they look like form letters. And I don't know how else we can do it. But but please, just every year, take the time to, to review that and, um, and to make sure everything's correct. And then contact uh, the assessor's office or, or, or the county to make sure it's is correct. There- is there a timeline? If I don't pay my taxes on my property for how long before I before it really becomes a, a, a problem? So if you have a year that's delinquent five years, that puts you in jeopardy of being sold in a tax sale. So this year, if someone has delinquent taxes from 2014, they're in jeopardy of being in the tax sale. What, now what does that mean in jeopardy? Does that mean it's, it's going to happen or you well, try to get a hold of us? Or? Yeah, we, we're anxious that we don't sell any property in the tax sale. So I start the process in February, send a letter out. I get a list from the treasurer that tells me who those five-year delinquent people are. Mm-hmm. I send a letter out. At that point, it's not like a legal document. I'm just trying to get people's attention that you know, there's, right, there's right. an issue here. For instance, we had about 150 parcels of property this year that in my first mailing that had trouble with being in jeopardy of the tax sale. So they, they have until about the 1st of April to, to get back in touch with me and Starting the 1st of April, we start the tax sale process. So they have about six weeks to, to kind of work through that. Starting about April the 1st, we send the parcels that are left to uh, like a title person that does research to see who lien holders are and all that kind of stuff. So when we actually get to the tax sale, we mail to lien holders as well as the property owner. And we assess a fee of $200 uh, to cover the, the the title search, our registered mailings and those kind of things. Sure. So we started out with 150. The tax sales is coming Thursday. We have 11 
that are oh, got all, all the way down to 11. That's, yeah. That's really good. Uh, our, my goal is to always to be at zero, but we haven't quite ever got there. there there's mm. some parcels that end up in the tax sale that have been abandoned and they're, they're in there for a reason. But we hope that we that nobody ever loses property that wants to keep it. Hmm, that's fascinating. You know, my wife is, is a court clerk, and she has a similar thing when, when someone doesn't pay their ticket or, or whatever it might be, uh, then they, they go to a warrant eventually, which means they would not only lose their property, they, they would lose their freedom. Yeah. And so her goal, kind of like yours, is to not have to sell people's uh, property at auction. Her goal is to not have people have to go to jail because they just forgot or, or, or aren't opening their mail or, or things like that. So pretty sound advice. So have you gotten close to zero? I had one one, one. year. But, but when, the, when the properties had gotten in trouble during the Great Recession, when those got five years old, we had quite a big list at that point. So it's kind of five years removed from the event because oh. people didn't pay them when, in 2008, 2009. So then right. it's, it's 2013 or 14 before we had the bigger list. Of so those. You, you had a big list then, We I had guess, an, that, like that, 32 that... parcels, oh, well, which is still not a, too big of a list, but it's 32 more than, than we'd hope it would be. Kim cool. works really hard with with people and so as you get those you know a lot of people know when they're they're delinquent when they're behind and you, they're probably in a situation that they have a lot of stress in their lives and so it's easy not to open those letters but we'd, we'd continue to encourage you to to communicate and and, and talk to kim uh, but then again a lot of the property that does end up is like Kim said, abandoned, sometimes leftover parcels from subdivisions, little mm. little corners. There's been parts of streets, for example, that, uh, you know, somebody, for whatever reason, they had their own tax ID number for years and years, and then somebody realized they were paying taxes into a piece of property that went into the street. and then, But also people would come and buy them, and Kim would try to remind them, hey, uh, you know, that, that's just a little teeny sliver there. But, but yeah. he does a great job. We've talked about opening your mail and, and, and you know, and letting people know. Uh, but in, in this day and age, are we to the point where we're going to be going completely electronic with those types of notifications anytime soon? Uh, I, I don't know how close we are to that. You know, the assessor is the one that's charged with valuing all the property, whether it's what the taxable value is. And whether they're getting close to doing that electronically, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure about that. But just to follow up on Commissioner Iverson, you know, if, if you have a primary residence, you're only taxed on 55% of the market value, where if it's a non-primary, it's 100%. So there's, oh. it's nearly half. So people need to recognize that. And what, what typically happens is, since it's a 45% tax, a tax exemption, if it, and if you go in and say refinance your house mm -hmm. and it goes to a different, a different lender, at that point, we don't know if it still qualifies as a primary because something has changed. So at that point, when we get that refinance through the recorder's office, our assessor's office will send you out a letter and say, hey, we're not sure you still qualify for this. Here's the questionnaire you need to fill out. So if there's an event that takes place with your property, it's like putting your property from private ownership, maybe in your own name into a trust, or you refinance, or do whatever, that, that triggers a letter that says we're not sure anymore. And mm -hmm. if you don't send it back, the, the default position is it's non-primary. So... That's what we're talking about opening the mail. There's there's yeah. there's opportunities there to, to, to make that right. So you so. you would be paying significantly more taxes if you didn't answer that mail but, but, and let everybody but, but, yeah, know. Yeah. And, and and that's just silly. Paying yeah. more taxes than you should yeah. pay. If you if yeah. you live in that place and you're the pri you know, it's your primary yeah. residence. If you own a if you own a place that you rent, like a condo that you rent out, if that's if you've got like a rental agreement with someone, that qualifies as a doesn't need to be your primary, oh, okay. but it needs to be somebody's primary residence. Hmm. So 
those those things all enter into how much you know tax you're, you're charged. So make sure that if you get something, at least look at it and see if that's that's what we're talking about. Now, what about the uh, moving the voting to an electronic uh, where I can I can email in my vote? Is that ever going to happen? Maybe, but we're not. I don't think we're, everybody's secure enough in that. It was it was hard enough going from those machines where you walk in to go on by mail. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know that we're secure enough at this point to vote online. There's there's a lot of wild cards still involved yeah. there, but yeah. uh, but uh, even if it's not through email, maybe if it's through you go through a site and you'll have a password and things like that. Maybe, of course, you still you can't compare signatures at that point yeah. or anything like that. But yeah. okay, well that's fascinating. We do have a caller. Caller, you're on with uh, Vic Iverson, County Commissioner, and Kim Haven, County Clerk Auditor. Hello. Yeah, go ahead. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. So um, I had a question. I you know several years ago I got behind in my taxes and had. Uh, went into, um, you know, it's I it was, all, it, it I got a notice that said, oh, we're going to sell your property at tax lien or whatever, you know, at a, at a sale. So I went in. Uh, I think the amount was, uh, you know, three or four, maybe five thousand dollars, and I I didn't have quite that much. I had about three thousand dollars, so I went in to pay that, and I thought, okay, well that'll put it off. And they go, oh no, you got to pay all of it because they don't pay, you know. They, they take it from the the first day. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? So, so, so they your, don't... Your, your payments are applied to the most current year first and work backwards. So the, so the year that got you in trouble stays out there until the end. Right, but that seems a little backwards, doesn't it? It seems like if you pay your payment, it should take from the first. <laughs> I mean, the, the problem if with I that pay, is... it should knock off the oldest payment first. I mean, you guys work backwards. It, it feels like in an attempt to... Hey, we'll get this guy's property for, you know what I mean. So the, why you, wouldn't why it, wouldn't everyone else works the opposite way? So the code, if, if you get behind, they they apply your payment to the oldest oldest date. So the code specifies that we apply it to the most current year first and work backwards. And the reason is, some people may always have four years delinquent and always pay off the oldest one first, and they would never be, become current. But that that's state code. That is state code. So so that's outside of the county, outside of uh, Kim Haven's office or, or or the or the county's office to to do that. Yeah. Well, still, it feels like it's it feels like you know you you've got someone who is obviously behind because of some reason. I mean, they're they're having a difficulty financially or whatever, and it really feels like man, they're you know they're making every attempt to obtain your property for just the tax debt. That's what it feels like. Well, we hope I'll that, just say that. We, we hope that nobody, and I can't change how you feel about that, but hopefully nobody feels like that we're anxious to, to have somebody's property because we don't really want any property. And when, when it goes to the tax sale, you know, you may owe $5,000, and if it's your house, you know, it may sell for $150. That, that extra from 5000 to 150 doesn't stay with the county. That goes back to the people, either the lien holders or the people that lost that property. Our job is to collect the taxes. So we collect for everybody. So, so if you own your home, I mean, just I mean, just from a from a layman's perspective, if you own your home outright and, and you paid for your home and you say, "I own property," you don't really own property because if you don't pay your rent or your tax, you'll lose it. You could. Yeah. So. We're not justifying uh, whether <laughs> property tax should should be collected or not. Uh, the county just has a responsibility to make sure it's done in a in a fair way and an equitable way, and and that you have um, 
kind of due process. I mean, I'm hoping that uh, when you went in there that you were treated with respect and, and that you were that you also were able to – obviously you were able to maintain your, your property and, and somebody worked with you on that. I'm um, yeah, but, I mean, like I said, if, if, if I didn't somehow come up with all of the money, I mean, it wasn't like I could pay $3,000 and they would put it off, you know, a little bit. They said, you got to pay every penny of it or that's it. How, was that in Washington County and how long ago was that? Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, back in, you know, a few years ago when times were tough. You know, it was, uh, yeah. I came in, my I think I owed $5,000, uh, and it was, you know, f- four or five years delinquent, and I yeah. went to pay it off thinking I can I can buy a, a, f- a little more time to, I can buy a little more time to save my home. Uh, and I went in there, and they're like, oh, no, it just pays off the most recent. So still, you're five years delinquent. You're going to lose your home. And I said, man, that really feels like you guys are doing everything you can to, you know, yeah. it, it <laughs> to just... obtain my property and sell it at, you know, not caring, you know, what happens to the homeowner, but, you know, hey, we're going to get our taxes. And so we, we uh, since I've been there, at least the county, if you if under certain circumstances, we'll do a payment plan with a with a person that, that if they can't pay it all at a certain at the time that the tax sale that we would extend some time to them. Uh, although it's pretty strict with beyond the, with the five years. I mean, beyond the beyond the five years. Yeah, because they told me, oh, if you don't get it paid off by this date, you're going to go to tax sale, and it's like, oh boy. Well, evidently, I didn't talk to you. <laughs> Maybe I'm not sure. Yeah. So we, we we don't do yeah. a lot of those, but in, under certain circumstances, we don't want people to lose their places. We, we're not anxious yeah. to have the property, so we we kind of we kind of bend over backwards, in my opinion, to to make sure people stay in, but we still have the obligation to collect the tax. Yeah. yeah. Well, I do appreciate. I'll tell you this much: I do appreciate the the things that our taxes pay for. Um, people forget that you know all the services that we get in our county. That's comes from our property taxes, our our schools and everything else. So, you know. Awesome. Hey, appreciate you, all right. appreciate you calling today. Yep. Good to talk to you. Thank you. You know, and the same thing with the courts. You know, it, it, my experience with my wife in the courts is that people come in and they think they've got to pay, you know, may you have a, have a $1,500 fine for whatever crime you committed. The judges are very generous and, and, like you said, pretty much bent over backwards to work with these people. It's when the people set up a payment plan and then don't make the payments that it kind of makes judges mad. <laughs> and, and then you're in trouble. You don't want to make a judge mad. Trust me. <laughs> Let's go, but caller on line two. You're with Andy and you're with Kim and Vic. How are you today? Hey, gentlemen. Hey, I'm the tax assessment. This last year, I had a major hike, I'd call it, like 20%. Because the year before, you know, I know property values have gone up. The year before, it was 10000 up. And this last year, it was 21000 So I live in a small 1200 square foot home and now you guys value it at at 192 or something thousand so where does this assessment come from all of a sudden in two years you know we get 20 percent 25 percent tax increase oh okay so i'll let kim jump on this as well but it, it's the county assessor's office that is responsible to assess all of the parcels in Washington County. And under state code, I believe that they need to be within 5 or 10% of market value. And so the people that work in the, in the county assessor's office are licensed appraisers. They, 
you know, they are required to have those those licenses and, and have those qualifications. And so um, that that's kind of how they the, those values are determined. Now, there is a process that you can appeal. It's called a board of equalization. And so once again, it comes back to this opening up your mail. If you feel mm. like there's been been a serious mistake made on, on your property, then the first thing would be to contact the assessor's office um, and discuss that if, if you feel if you still disagree with their explanation there is there is an opportunity to go through a, a board of assessment but um but under state code and and jump back and I'll let him talk just like he was talking about the five years there's a lot of things that are outside of of the county's ability to change so so for example the assessor reports really directly to the state tax commission and it's the state legislature that sets up uh, a lot of the the code that governs how they assess property in Washington County. So uh, understandable, but also during the Obama years when the floor fell out and everything else, my property tax went down less than $120. You know, the values of the homes took a major hit, but you know, now good times are here. You have no problem raising my property values almost $300 in two years. You know, it's just, don't seem like it's too fair on my end. So I'll just talk about how property tax is supposed to work in a in a perfect world. As as value, essentially, taxing entities can receive the same revenue this year as they got last year, uh, without any without any trouble. So as t- as property values go up, tax rates automatically go down. And in an ideal world, you'd pay the same ta- tax, even though your value went up. The tax should the, the the rate should go down in the calculation. Same thing happened when values went down during the recession. Your value went down, but the rate went up, and your tax should have stayed the same. And that's the way it's supposed to work. Now, if your value changes more than the average does, let's say that the assessor decides your value should go up 15 percent, as opposed to the rest of the county that went up 10 percent, your taxes will go up a little. If your value went up 5% and the rest of the county went up 10%, your taxes will go down a little. Now, the exception to that is the things that happen. We had it happen last year, and I don't want to throw people under the bus here. But the state legislature set the state school rate in stone. They raised it a little bit and set it in stone. So essentially that amounts to a tax increase because that that rate can't go down as your value goes up. So people saw a bit of a tax increase for the state school rate because – the, the state rate was set, and it, it isn't able to fluctuate with valuation. So at, at some point, the state decided that basic services are paid for by property tax, and so that's why your tax should be stable year over year unless your valuation is outside of the norm. Okay, now let's go back to that state school tax. Okay. Because I know the county collects, the school district here collects it, and that's supposed to fund our schools right right so where does that state school money go is it, that the it, little board they hold over our heads to- no it's it, it stays local as well it's just that there's 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 a couple of different rates that make up the total school levies the states want the state there's a state level a local levy and a charter levy but it all stays local oh well as long as it stays level because i thought that state funds went somewhere no, else no it's it's part of the of the local total local levy that's good to hear. Thank you for your answer, sir. All right. Thank you for the call today. Appreciate it. 
Proud sponsor of the Andy Griffin Show is Joe Shoney, a loan consultant. And uh, really, uh, Joe has been in the mortgage business for more than 25 years. He focuses on customer service. If you listen to some of these great reviews online, he's got, I think it was 4.89 out of 5 stars in his reviews online. Here's Keith in Cedar City. He said, Joe and his team were great to work with. They made the process so simple with clear, concise, and constant communication. Thank you so much to Joe Shoney and his company. Let's find another one. Let's see. We'll scroll down here to uh, St. George. This is Suzette in St. George. He said, I've done two transactions with Joe this year. He's professional and thorough. I believe he can get any reasonable deal done, and he's always looking out for my best interest he even followed up with a phone call and came to my closing anyway if you want to get a hold of joe shoney here's a couple of ways to do it you can email him at joe.shoney at nafinc.com that's joe shoney with a c s c h o n e y at nafinc.com or you can call him at 590-6300 that's 435-590-6300 all right let's get the music going again guys there it is Kim Hafen and Vic Iverson from the Washington County uh, got a commissioner and a, ca- a clerk auditor in here. And, uh, guys, we have almost eaten up the whole hour. We only have three or four minutes left. And I know there's some events and things coming up you wanted to talk about, Vic, Vic before we go away today. Well, absolutely. Well, first of all, just uh, as part of wrapping up the show, remind everybody once again to open your mail. Open your mail. From the assessor's office. If you want to get married or get a passport, maybe you want to go across the, the pond uh, to Europe, um, I think uh, you can go down the clerk auditor's office. Uh, they'll set you up down there as well. And um, just a couple things. Obviously, we have the county fair coming up in, mm-hmm. in August. Uh, things are going great. I think um, as we roll this out, there's going to be a lot of exciting events this year. So we're going to be doing as much advertising as possible. So we'd like to encourage everybody to kind of put that on their calendar. It's the 9th through the 12th. Um, another thing that I want to just bring up really quickly, I was uh, a lot of people may not be aware, but the – Council of Aging, our Senior Citizen Center, are, are run by the county. It's, it's a cooperative agreement between the county. Uh, the county pays a match, and then a lot of federal funds come in as well. But um, uh, just a reminder for people that, that might want to get out, and ha- maybe you're 65 and, and alone. You know, they have meals on a weekly basis at our Senior Citizen Center, other activities. I just I had our director in yesterday, and it just brought up the point that we need to kind of make people aware of that, especially if you're new to the area. So a lot of good things happening in the county. We have our commission meeting today at 4 o'clock if you want to come down. And uh, we run a pretty efficient meeting. But, um, you know, if you want to see how county business is conducted. And, of course, we do have an open-door policy. So any questions, let us know. Open door policy, open no, line policy here as well, on the as Andy Griffin well. Show yeah. and, and with you guys. I appreciate you coming in. Uh, you know, uh, an issue that's been kind of hot as of late on my show has been uh, growth and, and the tremendous explosive growth that we have in Washington County. Does that come up often when in your meetings and, and things? Absolutely. And now most of the growth is going to happen within incorporated areas because of right. the need for, for utilities. But I will say this, and I have to remind people this all the time. There's 40,000 young people in this county. And so a lot of our growth isn't – I mean, of course we have people moving here, wonderful weather, wonderful place to live, one of the most beautiful scenic areas. But we also have to realize that growth is right now in our elementary schools. In other words, those young people are going to be graduating. They're going to be uh, going to college. I have, I have one of my children's graduating this year. And um, they're going to need a place to live. Only 16% of Washington County is private. And so we're going to see more growth and probably hmm. density. The county's working as hard as we can with, with our cities to, to do things like trails and, and, and other things so that people can live in, in uh, 
in where they want to live in their subdivision and still make it out and have an enjoyable time and maintain our quality of life. That's really, as, as, as leaders, that's what we're focused on is, is uh, the quality of life aspect of Washington County. And Utah, number one in the nation in birth rate yep. as well. So yep. uh, we're not just growing from without, we're growing from within. Really, and th- that's one of the reasons we're one of the best economies. If you look at uh, you know, economic growth, it's, it's driven by, by population and by, by people growing up and wanting to live there. All right. Uh, Vic Iverson, County Commissioner. Kim Haven, any final thoughts before we let you go, man? Nope. I just hope if you have questions about things or, you know, call. We're, our office is open from 8 to 5, uh, five days a week. And if you have questions about whatever, if, it, if I can't answer it, it's not my thing, I'll get you to the person that will, can help you with it. I love to hear that you will work with people. I think that's really important that people understand that because sometimes you feel like you're in a bind. You're saying, oh, I'm, I'm in big trouble. I can't come up with it. County uh, county uh, clerk and auditor, auditor's office will work with you. The court clerk, the courts will work with you as well. Nobody's out to get you, I don't think, anyway. Right? Right, guys? Yeah. No. We're, we're not out to get you. No. no. Anyway, that's it for the program today. Uh, thanks again to Vic Iverson and Kim Haven for being our guest today. It's time now for news.